We're going to go back to some messages that we started some time ago about the miracles of the Lord Jesus. I think there are about 37 miracles of the Lord in the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Some of the books of the New Testament, the Gospels, repeat those incidences, but some of them only have one of them or two of them. But today we'd like to go to what we know as his second miracle. Now this is found in the book of John, the book of John, but I want to read a couple verses a little later in the Bible to help us with some background. And one of them is found in the book of Ephesians. The apostle Paul, he was known as Saul of Tarsus. He was a mean guy. And the Lord saved him by his grace. And then the Lord used him to write much of the New Testament. The epistles to the various churches. He wrote Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Philippians, Galatians, Colossians, and several other books of the New Testament. He was used mightily by the Holy Spirit to give us his word, God's word for us today. And in the book of Ephesians, it was a letter written to the church at Ephesus, a group of believers in Ephesus, and that, that place is no longer there. But there was something there then, and he wrote this to them in the first chapter of the book of Ephesians, verse 11. Now, it would be well if I wrote, read the whole chapter, but time, time is honorary, isn't it? It just passes so quickly. So we're going to not do that. We're just going to read verse 11 because it shares with us some things that we want to cover in our message on the miracle. It says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, God is not dependent upon our will, but he has everything worked out according to his will. And that's so important to know. That it's worked out according to his will. He has a purpose and he's carrying it out according to his will. Another verse I want to read is found in the book of Hebrews. And many people, though it doesn't tell us definitely, but many people feel that, that uh, the apostle Paul was used to write it. And here in the first chapter of the book of Hebrews, verses 1, 2, and 3, it shares this. It says, God, who at sundry times, that means in times past, in many ways, spoke to us in diverse manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now, that's how God spoke in the Old Testament, because they didn't have the books put together. They spoke by the prophets. Now, these prophets, the prophets of God, all said the same thing about God, because God gave them the message. And he says, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. So the, the writer is used by the Holy Spirit to share with us that throughout the Old Testament era, God spoke through the prophets. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Amos, Obadiah, I, uh, Jeremiah, the prophets. And they were, were used mightily of God to declare God and his purpose. And it tells us here, but in the last days. Now, that after the Lord Jesus came and Last week we were here, we said, that's the year zero. That's how I remember it. We have B.C. and A.D. In the year zero, the Lord Jesus came, born of a virgin, born and laid in a manger, grew up, and we find that his purpose was, he has spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, 
by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. So we find in the Bible that the word of God is powerful, all-powerful. In fact, the Lord said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So God is not a weakling. God is all-powerful. It's hard for us to imagine someone that has all that power. You know, people have tried to help us by creating superheroes. Superman, a very small imitation about the all-powerful God. All right. And he said, when he had him by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, in the passage we want to look at in the book of, of John, chapter four, the Lord has performed his first miracle. He dealt with a woman at a well in Canaan, or Samaria, excuse me, in Samaria. And after that, we have this incident of his second miracle in the book of John, John chapter 4, and the last few verses of that book, beginning with verse 48, we have this. Now, I read those other verses to help us understand how he did what he did. God is a powerful God, all-powerful, not lacking in any capacity. He is so powerful that nothing can be compared to him. Now, here it tells us, and the Lord never went in here anywhere without a purpose. He always went somewhere. You know, today I walked into the kitchen and then I got in there and says, what am I doing here? What did I come here for? I don't know if you've ever had that problem. Well, God never has that problem. He knows exactly what he's doing all the time. And it says here in the book of John chapter 4, verse 48, Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see the signs and believe, you will not believe, signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the nobleman, the nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. And Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. Now this nobleman is from Capernaum, and Jesus is in Canaan. Now, this little machine that I have can tell me how far it is from Capernaum to Canaan in an instant. It's about 20 miles. So this nobleman, which means someone who represents a king, come to the king. This nobleman, someone who represents a king, came to the king because he knew this king could do, if he pleased him, could do what he wanted him to do. Now, he had a sick child. He had a sick son. He had someone at home that was sick. And he traveled for about 20 miles from Capernaum to Canaan to meet the king. The one, by the word of his power, created the heavens and the earth. Someone had told him something about the Lord Jesus. Someone had told him that this one is able to do things that we cannot do on our own. This king can do great things. He is the king of glory. He is the Lord of lords. He is the king of kings. And somehow this man understood that. The Holy Spirit had revealed the truth about this one, and he traveled 20 miles. Now, probably by foot, at best, on a mule or a horse. 
So it took him some time to get there. And I'm sure in the back of his mind, he was thinking, is my son going to survive while I'm gone this amount of time? Will he still be alive when I talk to this one, if I get to talk to him? Well, he meets up with him and he tells him, come to my house, please, ere my, or my son will die. And Jesus saith unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. Now, how could he perform a miracle from 20 miles? Because he's God. He didn't have to be there. He could take care of the problem from 20 miles away. In fact, he takes care of problems today from an eternity away, from the glories of heaven away. We find that this one is all-powerful. He can do great things. He can perform great feats. And the greatest feat that God has ever performed is to forgive us our sins. And he can do that from a distance because he's powerful, all-powerful. The nobleman said, please help me with my son. And he says, go your way. Your son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and went his way. Last week we mentioned the name, what, Jesus, what it means. The definition of the name Jesus means Savior. That's what his name means. And when he was given that name, his stepfather, Joseph, was given this. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's why you're going to call his name Jesus. He's going to have the ability of saving his people from their sins. Now, this is just a very small type, a picture, a shadow of what he can do. He healed a young man from 20 miles away. You know, we studied not too long ago about the Lord Jesus staying away from Lazarus. And you know what Lazarus went ahead and did? He died. And then the Lord went to him and raised him from the dead. This young boy is at home, and we find Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son is healed. And as the nobleman was going home, he had some of his servants coming towards him. You know, as soon as something happened with the son, and the father's headed home, as soon as that happened, they're headed to him to say, We have good news to tell you. Your son's fine. What a story. What an account that th those servants had to tell this father. Then he says, and as they were uh, now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, thy son liveth. What good news that dad had. He went on a mission. He went because he was concerned, and he went because he believed that this king, the Lord Jesus, could raise his boy from this illness, from this sickness. Well, the Lord just simply said in passing, go your way, he's okay. You know, we don't have an account that they ever crossed paths again in their lives. But we have this account that Jesus crossed paths with this man, and this man made a request, and Jesus Christ took care of it and did it from 20 miles away. It says, and he inquired of them the hour that he began to amend. Would you tell me when he started to get better? Well, I'm sure they knew because they'd been watching over this boy very attentively. You know, sometimes their employment depended upon the health of the children. 
And so they knew exactly. And he says unto them, uh, they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Now, if we were to translate that into our time, it would be one o'clock in the afternoon. So at one o'clock in the afternoon, somebody was there, observed him, and he got better at one o'clock in the afternoon. And they sent somebody to talk to, catch the dad and say, he's doing well. Well, yesterday the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth. So there was no question at all in this man's mind. You know, some people might say, well, he was going to get better anyway. Uh, there was nothing happened. Well, this man understood that it was exactly the same time that Jesus said, your son will live. The same minute, the same second, 20 miles away, the boy became healthy again. And he believed and his whole house. And this again, the second miracle that Jesus did when he came out of Judea into Galilee. So the Lord, he came down to this earth for a purpose, and that was to lay down his life, a ransom for many. But on his way, step by step, every day, he had things he was going to accomplish. And one of those things was this very thing, and that was he knew about that boy. He knew about that dad. He knew they were going to meet because Jesus had made a divine appointment. I must go meet this man. And when that man came to him, Jesus simply said, your boy's okay. And left. You know, because God is all powerful, he can do things for us from 20 miles away. You know, he sits on his throne. I heard the gospel one time and I was very upset about it. And I told my wife, I hate that man that brought me the gospel. Because you know what he explained to me? In no uncertain terms. That the religion I had was not going to help when I stood before God. Wasn't going to help. It isn't by our works of righteousness. It's by his grace and mercy he saves us. So our works of righteousness are really worthless. But his grace and mercy is all powerful. So the Lord demonstrated that to here. How many people understood that? How many people heard about that? We don't know. But by the very words, thy son liveth. A miracle was performed that demonstrates what God can do from a distance. He can give us new life in Christ Jesus from a distance. I had a very dear friend of mine who was a pastor. He said, don't come to me and about your salvation because I didn't die for you on the cross. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. Okay, Brother Mike, if you'll come and we'll have a closing hymn.